Hey there, gang. Danny here in the editing booth, a.k.a. my damn desk. Uh, Just a heads up before we start this episode. We're probably going to talk about what you think we're going to talk about, and it probably should be noted that (laughs) myself, David, and Gabe are not uh, investors uh, or qualified investing investor advice guys. You know, that, that little caveat that says uh, everything that we say throughout the episode should not be construed as investment advice. Uh, take that all uh, into consideration per usual. And, of course, just uh, apply that to any previous and or forthcoming episodes we have. Keep it in mind, we should not be construed as advice for investing. Otherwise, enjoy the episode. Time is numb, the current's clean. Your dog is dead, it's a Ponzi screen. Ponzi screen, Ponzi screen, because it's just something to do. I, I, burnt, my, I burnt my finger on a kerosene uh, stove, so that's why I was clapping so, like, ha, 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 you know? Danny, where do you live, man? Like, you... <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. in a garage, all right? Uh, a... I was in a friend's garage. Okay. Don't judge me, okay? There was because you're was always wo- like, I got my sewing kit and my kerosene lamp, and yeah, you're. It's like you're a whaler doing doing scrimshaw and whatnot in yeah. the in the hull of a ship. Yeah. yeah. Well, no. Turns out the those kerosene lamps they're great because they're like these big industrial things now that can really heat up a space. But if you put a metal cup on the thing that gets hot. Oh boy, is metal a fantastic conductor of heat. So I just burnt the shit out of my ring finger. So uh we're here talking about the thing that everyone's talking about, which is Danny's finger and Game Stock. Uh Game Stonks. Game <laughs> you messed it up, David. Game Stonks. Game Stock. I love to buy I both I love to buy Resident Evil 4 at my GameStop. <laughs> I saw well there's been some really good memes about this and I just want to first talk about the memes because I think that that's the most important thing about this whole thing. Uh, yeah. like the there's one you know remember the the meme of like the ninja turtle and the pig and there's like the young ninja turtle and like the adult pig and then there's like the adult ninja turtle and like the dying pig. Do you guys no. remember this format? Well, no. I think when you're ta- are you talking about pigs or are you talking about Splinter the Rat? Splinter the Rat. Sorry, Splinter the Rat. Yes, sorry. So yes. someone oh. never played with toys as a child, but I, no. <laughs> I was a Power were you Rangers not allowed guy. to watch TV as a kid? I was a Power Rangers guy, and so the it was like it was like millennials GameStop, and then as soon as like the Splinter the Rat is old, and the Ninja Turtles like millennials GameStop, you know like. Helping to take care of GameStop as he gets older, as he took care of me when I was a child. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, yeah I, like, I get that. I like that. Yeah. yeah. That was a really yeah. good one. Yeah, just remembering. I, I mean, personally, if we're sharing personal anecdotes, I played a l- huge amount of video games, but I I don't think I ever really stepped foot in a GameStop. I, I was... Oh, the weird thing is I grew up in the Pacific Northwest and back... Then we had a grocery store named Fred Meyer that also had an electronics section. So whenever I went to buy a video game, that's where I went. Is like mm-hmm. the grocery store. Oh, that's <laughs> Oddly funny. enough, so I've I've just never been in. I've never I have no 
Like, I, I get it. I have so many friends who are like, yeah, I got paid $6 an hour to work at the GameStop, you know, or right. some shit like that in 2004 or whatever, but that's it. I think I was a Target uh, video game purchaser. That was my biggest place. And then, and then it would be, after that, Best Buy and then Circuit City. Would be the three. Oh, my God. Dude, I loved the Circuit City. Yeah. They were great. That's where I was. Smelled, yeah. smelled like computer dust. It was awesome. Yeah. Yo, I rent I rented my video games from a video game uh from just like uh the the uh VHS rental stores in DC. Right. Renting yeah. video games. I That's would rent right. the video games. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. And dude. uh and I would go to really seedy before Blockbuster took over entirely. Uh the closest place to me was in DuPont Circle and it was a pretty seedy spot that uh where I could get all of the new release movies uh instantly because the front of the store was tiny, and then there was a beaded curtain, and behind that beaded curtain was <laughs> like a, 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 a stadium full of uh, pornography. <laughs> so no one went to that store for like uh, Terminator Two, right? On opening yeah. weekend release, they went there for the the hardcore porn. But they also had uh, a Nintendo, and they had a Sega Genesis consoles up front. And you could play video games in the store up the front. The video games were the beard. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. So I, I went there cover. and played Duck Hunt with junkies and would like rent uh, Natural Born Killers from the. It's like a guy in a trench coat and you're like, are you here for the new Sega game? And he's like, yes. I'm, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, that's what it is. yes. Yeah. <laughs> God, that fucking. I. See, I didn't. I know didn't have that because we. I was a little bit after, and we exclusively rented our video games at Blockbuster. So, like, mm-hmm. I that was also very honestly. That I that's the stock, which I guess I found out is still a stock. Blockbuster is still a stock. There's, <laughs> only, there's only one left in America. Yeah, but apparently it's a, it's it it trades on the on the stock market. Mm-hmm. Like, if I had to invest in one of them, I to to short a billionaire hedge fund company i'd invest in blockbuster if i was going by pure empathy vibes you know yeah uh well so look we've been talking about before we started recording as to like how much of this do we want to walk through because we're recording a few days before this comes out and things are about to change i'm sure uh and i also saw another tweet which was really good which was like this has been a really great week for guys who like to explain stuff And it's just kind of like, that's true. And I don't know how much we really need to explain at this point. Because if you're listening to this podcast, it's been two weeks now. You don't, you know what's kind of going on. You know how it went. And you probably know more information than we do at this point. Uh, it's, it's Folks, sometimes you are editing the podcast at the end of a news cycle. And you, you see one lone tweet come up and you say to yourself, Danny, that sounds like something that would be right up our alley for when we record next week. And you send it to David and he says, could you send me a link to this? Because I'm not sure what that is quite yet. Oh yeah. (laughs) And then over the course, then over the course of 72 hours, uh, the story that you thought would be a nice little esoteric fun thing for your podcast turns into essentially the most important story of the week yeah (laughs) so you guys i have a question for you about this okay the game stock has been seen as kind of a uh like a revolt of the plebes or a revolt of like the 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 hive mind Uh, a bunch of little uh investors amateur investors 
pumping their $600 stimmy checks into the market uh, through the Robinhood app. Yeah. But we did a whole podcast on the Robinhood app a while back, and it is uh, basically funded by Citadel, which is another hedge fund. That's right. So my question is, is this really, is the narrative of sort of the underdog uh, taking out these legit hedge funds uh, real, or is this a war between two hedge funds with a bunch of Reddit boys as proxies? Well, what the Redditors have done is a short squeeze, right? Which is, you're trying to fuck Sounds over someone who's titillating. Shorty. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. like what you're doing at the dance club, uh, you know, short, shorty <laughs> squeeze. And you know, the a short squeeze is done, has been done historically, only ever really by other hedge funds trying to fuck each other over, right? That is, Wall Street is oftentimes fights between two perfectly evil entities there's no good guy. There's no populist. Nothing. It's just two big bad guys trying to kill each other. And this time, it was a crowdfunded short squeeze, effectively. And they raised enough capital to be able to do that. And I wouldn't say... And then on, on the tail end of it, I think a lot of financial firms have gotten in on both sides of it. I think that some hedge funds have gotten in on both sides of it. Uh, so they're trying to hedge their losses either way. But... Ultimately, the specific there's like I feel like there's like two ways of two different actions going on. One is the specific action of trying to do the short squeeze, and that is I think relatively bona fide David and Goliath. I really do kind of think so. And yeah, it feels like that. And, and obviously, on the it's like there are other like Goliaths that are getting in on the side of David, and you know whatever. But that's after the fact. Not the yeah, initial... once the blood is in the water. Right. right? Everyone ah, sees yeah. it, and everyone starts being a follower. But there's going to be a lot of Davids who are going to, you know, who have made a lot of money so far. I don't know what's going to happen in the end. No one does. And if anyone does, then they're either lying to you or they're going to make a million dollars, and they're committing a lot of insider trading laws, um, uh, violations. And the But the second aspect of it, which is what you hinted on with Robinhood, is Robinhood's core business model. And that's something we can talk about as well, which that is where um, it's a very different story. And I think we're going to start seeing a lot of um, Robin Hood's going to really, I think, take a big hit from this one. I don't know if it's going to be enough for them to they're going to still be fine. But, uh, you know, I have a question, David, before we get into it. So we can this is sort of like a frequently asked questions thing, because I'm sure people's only other reference to a short is from the movie The Big Short. So my question is, was the was the big short a short squeeze or was that something else? It was not really. A sh no, it was not. It was a short, a short, it was just a regular. Yeah. yeah. A, a short squeeze is trying to fuck over a short. That would be like if, um, in, okay, so in the big short, they bet against the housing market, right? They yes. bet against Fannie and Freddie, probably the most, they, bet, they basically bet against the entire global economy. Um, and patriots that they are, you know, I'm sh everyone calls them heroes. And to this day, you know, we salute them every single day on President's Day for, right. for, for, bet, for making a lot of money off of the death and destruction of Americans. But yeah, 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 yeah. They so they just did a normal short. If someone had said, "I am going to bet a fuck ton of money a, a, on the stock market, on the house, on Fannie and Freddie, 
on the housing market doing well and then fucking over that short over the big short then it would have been yeah. a short squeeze so it's like a okay. it's like a double ne- a short squeeze is like a double negative almost but that's how you make the lemonade baby <laughs> so I got it. Yeah. So all, the heroes of the big short are the victims in this one, in the yes. sequel. Yeah. In the, big, in the, the, in the, the heroes in the big short are hedge fund millionaires. These guys yeah, yeah, were yeah. not good people. It's like, it's a really strange movie because like you want to sympathize with them because they're smart and they get it and they're yeah. prophetic. And that's what a short ultimately does. It is like someone who is skeptical, is a cynic, and is willing to take the antagonistic perspective and bet against it where everyone else has their money on something. And they're doing it because they're looking through the fundamentals of the security or through the investments, and they're saying, no, I don't see it. Well, that no, it's what you said right there, David. It's a prophecy. They are basically like, they're like magi who are sitting in front of a crystal ball, and they're saying... I have all I have figured out some of the fundamentals of this and this will fail. But by basically instituting that thing and being like, all right, this is going to fail. It makes it makes a snowball because other people are like it's in the water at that point. Kind of like what they, uh, what Gabe was saying. It's like there's blood in the water. So like once that short happens, then other people are like, well, I totally. think this is going to fail. And I think this is going to fail. And it just keeps going and going. And that's why the GameStop people are just so fun because they're just sort of like, fuck your prophecy. Mm-hmm. Fuck that. It's like maybe the fundamentals of owning a brick and mortar video game store are bad. Yes. But also, fuck you because yes. maybe it's not. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes to all of those things. I like, I, I, I think that there's, I've been reading a lot on this and there's some people uh, who have been really trying to insist that the fundamentals of the GameStop uh, security are good, that it actually has some bones to it. You know, as you might say, like uh, with those people who really like, like brownstones, like, oh, it's got good bones, you know, or whatever. Like it's a fixer upper. No, it's not. This is not a fixer upper. This is like, by all intents and purposes, this is like this was an ironically purchased stock. This was literally a like meme nostalgia that people chose to invest in. This is like this we're in a coronavirus. Retail is dead right now. <laughs> Everyone gets no one buys hardware video games. And if they do, they get shipped to them. Or, you know, like there is not a reasonable chance that the that GameStop as a financial I don't know, as a business model, excuse me, it's going to survive. And mu- much less that it's valued at, you know, like $400 of security. That's crazy. It was 4 or $3 of security. Like there's anyone who is at this guy. So there's this guy, um, there's this columnist called named Matt Levine for Bloomberg. And he was trying to, at one point, trying to be like, look, I think that a lot of this is some irony, but some of it is also some people seeing some reasonable justifications for why the GameStop security is good. And I'm like, nah, there's nothing there. I just don't think that there's anything there. This is pure spite. This is a spite investment, and that's it. So uh, with that, though, I feel like, you know, having read Tim Ferriss's four-hour work week, you know, back in the day, a lot of it is foggy now, but this sort of idea of um, hacking things, right, like hedging and hacking and finding finding the weakness in a system. And so uh, uh, what is... You know, it's like the, these dudes found 
the way to uh, nest in a video game and, uh, you know, and, and stay in the same spot and sort of exploit the weakness of shorts. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. what they're, it, it seems like it's totally legitimate what they're doing. So I don't understand the pushback from um, more established financial gurus to be upset with them. Well, it's scary. Anyone who like has a like skepticism or um, fear of populism in any particular way is lo- is scared of this. This is like a revolutionary. This, this is just. I, I do think this is revolutionary to a degree, to the extent that this has never been done before, and it is completely upending logic of what people thought was possible <laughs> of the co- of a yeah. collection of quote unquote retail investors. Just, it, it's, well, well, it wasn't only that, David. Though it was the fact that they, they like, I wasn't. Correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't like a major sticking point. Was like a part of it was nostalgia, but then the other part was too was that people through public records and knowledge essentially found out that they had overshorted this beyond a hundred percent. Yeah, like they that, were that, ass betting. Well, so what? Like, I don't even, I don't even know what that means. Like, what happens when you short something beyond one hundred percent? Do you then get to like steal the bricks out of the building and then sell those? Like, what does that even mean? (laughs) You get to, you get to sleep with their mother. I don't. Yeah, I mean, mean, yeah. How do you get? How do you get value out of something beyond a (laughs) hundred percent? I think I'm not positive. It wasn't a hundred percent of the short, but when the price was still at a reasonable height. Right. So when it was at 2%, they were had shorted 136% of the security. But when they did made the initial short, it was, you know, maybe like $10. And so the fact that it went down, I, I think I really could be wrong on this one. Maybe and, it may, it went down above or it went down above 100% because a bunch of people piled on at once, but it wasn't necessarily intended to that and it was more just sort of a barometer for people being like, "Now, right. fuck this. We're going to short GameStop." It's right. not necessarily it's not a value thing. It's just yeah. at one point in time. Yeah. It's not it's not really like the 100% thing is not really like this is a finite pie. You know. Okay. It it is okay. it is it's valuation because again, all of this is kind of like meaningless. This is there's no there's no tangible things in all of this stuff. All of this is uh a, a, like an illusion of us kind of trying to uh, of one-upsmanship. This is like a, it's like a a digital and financial fisticuffs. There's no like actual there's no there there to put it you know, no, no, David, I disagree. There are hundreds of copies of five dollar Resident Evil Four d- uh, games. <laughs> as I'm, that is the fundamentals, right? Uh, like, like the <laughs> how GameStop actually operates as a business, how it works in the in the real world, its employees, its these sorts of things, compl- like basically irrelevant to what's going on with its valuation right now, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And and anyway, I don't know. Any so it's the shorting beyond the one hundred percent is possible. It maybe if you had when you made your initial short, and you had shorted beyond the one hundred percent in your initial, that would be too risky because it would have to go up in order for you to get to ninety nine percent or ninety eight. Yeah. 
or 97 we we don't believe in this stock so much we're just so offended by deadpool being like ooh when he wears the mask oh, yeah. and selling that as a poster ooh we're offended that really just chap chaps my 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 grits you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh so anyways i think that that's why i'm not super uh, i don't like generally i've actually learned a lot about how trading in markets works i don't usually cover trading in markets stuff uh and this has been it, uh, this has been a, a bit of a learning curve for me as well <sighs> yeah it seems uh, i mean I, I find it uh liberating that um st the stock market has become more democratized by these apps and uh by the fact that more people can get involved but it also the more people that are involved the more you see that it is uh completely uh based on uh, optimism and hope and sort of the fantasies of what something is valued right like right. or value is not based on something really tangible and it further shows the disconnect between uh a company uh and its relationship to its employees and to the product that it makes right uh versus and that disconnect between between these really i, I guess tangible qualities of a company and then all, and then uh the the market Mm -hmm. and and the investors right and the absolutely i mean i think that that divide is a product of the financialization of our economy in general there's finances there's too much finance there's just <laughs> this is unnecessary this is unproductive this is asocial behavior think about all the people that you know who are really fucking smart who you know they went to a great law school or they went to, a, you know, they got really good grades in math. All these people who could have gone on to do other things and they went into finance. Like I, I knew a guy, I, this random Craigslist roommate that I had, he's like, yeah, I was thinking of getting a, a PhD in physics. And I was like, why? He was like, because Wall Street hires PhDs in physics. Oh yeah, that guy. Ugh, that's weird. I mean, just <laughs> think about how... Like, what sort of a, not to be like we live in a society, like what sort of a world do we want to live in where the people who have mastery of the universe, literally mastery of the universe, <laughs> and use that for sophisticated gambling? That's what they use. That's what they choose to go into instead of yeah. solving every, there's a million problems in the world that need solving. And this is the, what they choose to go into. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. It, it, I think it brings up a. I, I mean, it's disgusting. It connect. It connects a lot of things. Uh, uh, you know, the shit that we've talked in the past, principally of which is shorting, because it's like I guess in theory, shorting is like an I it, shorting is thing a thing where you're like, no, nah, I don't believe in this thing. I don't. I I don't think it's gonna work because I think it's the fundamentals of it are fucked up. But like philosophically, it's. I, I mean, there's a reason Facebook didn't put a dislike button <laughs> for, you know, for a long, <laughs> long, long time. It, they, they're they just sort of even Mark Zuckerberg and his sort of, you know, uh, infinite like, you know, stupidity was just sort of like, nah, we can't that that that's that people are going to go. Wild because people they, aren't <laughs> thinking about what will make the world a better place. They're thinking about what's going to return the highest value to their shareholders. It, it, yeah. Like, yeah. The shareholder capitalist model inevitably was going to create this. We had just had a casino owner president, okay, who tried to overthrow the government effectively. And now we have 
like there's just people who uh, the entire global economy is run like that. And then people are just like, you know what? Like, fuck this. I'm going to completely disrupt the entire market logic. Okay. That's also, I think, what's an amazing thing about the GameStop, GameStop phenomenon is that people just were like, I don't care if GameStop is bad. This is a bad investment, everyone. I'm going to invest in it anyways because fuck Melvin Capital. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. It, well, it. It, it is the Trump vote. Uh, not like it, they're not the same, but they rhyme, you know, and this is like the third horseman in the apocalypse of just seeing the entire infrastructure as a fraud, right? Yeah. COVID shined a light on how our healthcare system privatized healthcare is a complete fraud. You can't have employer based healthcare when most of the country is unemployed. Right. And then, and then the, the second, and then also the, the, uh, capital being stormed just shows kind of the fraud of uh, of the fact that we have a that the government is secure in any way, shape, or form, and then right. this is uh, another blow to the illusion that things matter. Right, right, and th that there exactly. is logic. <laughs> like the what's I think has been really interesting has been the regulatory response because there's been a lot of confusion as to how people should respond, and some people who are considered like progressives or whatever. Have been having like really weird responses. Like uh, we talked about him last week, but William Galvin is the one of the most one of the strictest, you know, securities regulators in the country. He's the Secretary of State uh, or the Secretary of the Commonwealth, excuse me, of of the state of Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Yeah. yeah, and he said, you know, we need to consider shutting these stocks down to protect retail investors. And people don't know what to make of this because it is upending all market logic and for the because it is exploiting that market logic from the perspective of a securities regulator is very different from the market logic of a participant and a participant probably recognizes how dumb and illogical and yeah. completely untethered from capital formation as they call it the the stock market is it is I want to do something. Fuck you. I have money. Let's do it. And the people on Reddit who, by the way, want like Roaring Kitty and what's his name? Deep fucking value. Well, the same person. The, some of the two big leaders. That guy's, This guy's a registered investment advisor. Okay. Uh, he's, he's from Massachusetts. Uh, his name is P Keith Patrick Gill. Um, he used to work at Mass Mutual. He got fired uh, for whatever reason. But he was the one who's been leading this. And he recognizes... This is, there's no logic to this. Let's just fucking do this. And he pulled it off, man. Pulled it off. And now people yeah. are like, is this guy a terrorist? Is this, <laughs> is, the, is this guy racist? Is this guy anti-Semitic? Like, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. You're so they have that. to find, like, an ID Paul way to, like, uh, to get upset with someone who is basically helping people that had $600 uh, make tons of money off of speculating on the market uh, to pay off their credit card debts. Right. Like, if the government's not going to give us all $2,000 like they promised, then why not uh, try to to make it in the casino that is Wall Street? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're all, uh, that is like, see, this is the part where you get a little bit into, like, not sure exactly what is true, uh, because there have been some very heartening stories, again, coming from Reddit, where they're like, Oh, I was able to pay off my medical bills and I was able to like pay down my mortgage and stuff like that. And it's like 
you kind of want to believe it's true because it sort of makes sense. And a lot of people are substantiating it with like some version of proof where they'll be like, this is my Robin hood account. Mm -hmm. Like it used to be, it used to be a thousand dollars and now it's $40,000. Uh, and it's, and they're like, yeah, I'm paying back a lot of my parents debt because they had a lot of, they went into debt and stuff like that. And it's just like, Fuck yeah, man. <laughs> that rock. I mean, it's like you took all of the best YouTube videos where somebody get massive karma or like driving <laughs> karma and, and all just like boo, 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 just all at once. You know, it's, it's, yeah. and, and like, yeah, there are some commercial, it's like, it's really important to remember that like there are commercial interests who are involved in this and like partaking in it, but. They're the ones who they weren't the ones who started it. And if they did start it like this Massachusetts guy that you mentioned, uh, they seem to be starting it fairly altruistically or at least from a like spiteful, altruistic, like lawful, chaotic or no, that's that's wrong. Um, He's trying to be a good regulator, right? He just doesn't yeah, know. Yeah. What, he just doesn't know what's going on. And he wants to yeah. like and uh, the thing is, this might we don't know how this is going to end. And by Thursday, maybe it will have resolved itself more than it has now. And it could, people could lose a fuck ton of money from this. There's no doubt that yeah. over the weekend, uh, Citadel and all the people who, are, who were shorting are trying to come up with some strategy to get out of this. Um, and they have more sophisticated tools uh, than this collection of retail investors, right? And that could all, they could end up getting really hurt. Like William Galvin was saying, like all these other kind of like, you know, I don't know what's the best way to put them. Just kind of like regulatory framework Democrats, like Warren Democrats are kind of like that, you know, are thinking like we need to have really tight rules about how people can behave on Wall Street because outside of those narrow categories is fraud. And to a large degree, that is accurate. But you, when you think about social movements, which is what this kind of is analogous to, this is much yeah. more analogous to a social movement than anything. Um, the logic doesn't really apply. And all of a sudden they're trying to cut down on a social movement. And you're like, wait, you can't because it's outside of that narrow framework. And it's like, no, don't, that's not, that, don't do that. Don't do that. Let them, let them do that. Let them break the rules a little bit because they're- Vote. You gotta vote. <laughs> you gotta vote. Uh, they're voting with their dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're not actually. That's also kind of amazing. Is people have been looking for alleged market manipulation by Roaring Kitty, Deep Fucking Value, and any of the other kind of like leaders of this of this short squeeze, and no one can find so far any violations of law. There have not been any found instances so far of market manipulation of any sort of fraud of any sort of pump and dump because all of that requires what is um the key word is deceit or deception there is yeah, no yeah. deception everyone has from what i can tell has been completely upfront about how dumb the gamestop investment is this is you know what this is this is a pump and pump yeah this is pumping <laughs> you're just pumping you're pumping you're just like Argh! the greatest feeling you can get in a gym or the most satisfying feeling you can get in the gym is the pump let's say you drain your biceps blood is rushing into your muscles and that's what we call the pump 
your muscles get a really tight feeling, like your skin is going to explode any minute. You know, it's really tight. It's like somebody blowing air into into your muscle. It just blows up, and it feels different. It feels fantastic. It's as satisfying to me as uh, coming is. You know, as uh, having sex with a woman and coming. And so, can you believe how much I am in heaven? I'm like uh, getting the feeling of coming in the gym. I'm getting the feeling of coming at home. I'm getting the feeling of coming backstage when I pump up, when I pose out in front of 5,000 people. I get the same feeling. So I'm coming day and night. So I'm coming day and night. So I'm coming day and night. Oh, I'm just gonna get bigger. Well, yeah. it, no I dumping. mean, it, it's honestly the snakes on a plane uh, promotional campaign. Okay. Like if you guys remember, every snakes on a plane. Everyone was like, "This is the the people who made it were like, this is the dumbest movie ever." Yes. <laughs> yeah. Here, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's yeah, the yeah, storyline. Yeah. It's called Snakes on a Plane, and that's the title. And we've got Sam Jackson saying, "We got to get these motherfucking snakes off the plane." Yeah. And that's yeah. it. That's and so true. The GameStop Reddit is the same thing. It's just like, yo, this is trash, and we're all we love it. Yeah. This is a Rochester, uh, trash garbage plate. Stock. <laughs> you're gonna eat it, and you're gonna have a good time. And some of you're gonna make enough money to pay off your credit card and medical bills. And everyone else, hey man, it this is this is it is what it is. We're all gambling. Yeah. We're we're yeah. storming the gates, and most of us aren't gonna make it, but a couple of us are. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've seen a lot of like people being like, "I've lost everything. I lost everything in the financial crisis. My family has never recovered. My family lost everything in NAFTA. We never recovered." You know, we have nothing. I don't care if I lose two thousand more dollars. Like big fuck you to everyone at Melvin Capital and everyone. They don't. They don't care. They 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 truly don't care. Two thousand dollars. What a lot of these fucking CEOs make in like ten minutes through their fucking million dollar salary. What, yeah, less these, time than the, that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, they're like they they're just sort of like you don't understand. You can't take something. You can't bleed a stone. And like you right. gave me, you gave me just just enough to mess with, and I don't care if I go back down to zero because there's no such thing as a debtor's prison anymore. So fuck it. Put uh, I'll just be as I'll just be broke again. I'll just be broke again and yeah. work paycheck to paycheck. But like I don't care. I've done this all my life. Like try me, dude. <laughs> yeah, I've seen a lot of people being like, yeah, that exact kind of sentiment. Like I don't care. I, I I'm. It's it's something to believe in. Yeah. Which is yeah. kind of nice. That's nice. People like people right. like I don't know. I think people on Wall Street should should be incredibly excited that there's this much retail enthusiasm for for investment. You know? This is like what I think is maybe one of the more frustrating things and this we talk about is how much people on Wall Street condescendingly like to say that we need more investor education. People need to understand financial literacy. Well it's like, well, people are learning a lot this week including mm -hmm. me like people like we're everyone is understanding what a short is finally sort of you know and they are still upset and like comparing them to the capital mob in some way like there it's I don't know. <laughs> I, i'm serious i was yeah. I, I interviewed someone and i'm not going to say who it is but i interviewed someone last week and they they compared like the roaring kitty and these other people to the capital mobsters and like questioned whether they were problematic in some way. And like, these people are never going to get a job on Wall Street again. I was like, they just made $50 million off GameStop. What are you talking about? Like, I don't understand you know why they're not embracing these people. 
Well, yeah, they they no, they're they're doing the thing where they're like, you people, you young people, you need to learn U.S. history, and you're like, okay, I would like to learn about the Tuskegee experiments. Okay, yeah, I would like to, yeah, I would like to turn. I would like to learn about the genocide of Native America, and they're just sort of like, no, 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 not not that part, not that. Part. Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> I, uh, I would like to learn about the part where Abraham Lincoln like corresponded with Karl Marx, like <laughs> right, right, <laughs> you know, what? shit like that. When financial financial literacy for these people is financial indoctrination to get a job working for them. That's what that means. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. mean fucking them over. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> they're uh yeah, it ooh, it's it's it, and it's very it's very rich. It's very good. Uh uh and, and obviously people are still excited about it, you know. And mm -hmm. I'm all for I'm all for it. I I understand there are going to be big hedge funds that are going to make a lot of money from this because through sometimes through no fault of their own and sometimes through direct planning, they will also make a lot of money, but you cannot deny the populism of something uh, so that, that seems to have so organically, you know, come Absolutely. up. Yeah. I, I want to talk a little bit about Robin Hood. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. The Robin Hood angle of this is fascinating. And that is really where um, there's a lot of really potential, it's just a fascinating company, right? And we've talked about Robinhood before. As a reminder, Robinhood has been sued and or received some sort of fine and or uh, settlements with a regulator uh, five or six times mm -hmm. of like high profile things in the past year and a half. Uh, they were sued for uh, best execution by FINRA in late 2019. Best execution is basically if you're a broker, you are required to execute a trade, okay? Yes. And the whole business model of Robinhood is that it is a data provider, like Facebook. This is not, a, I mean, it is a broker in the sense that it is registered as a broker under the Securities and Exchange Commission, and it provides channels for someone to invest, but it sends off the actual placements and order to intermediaries like Citadel Securities, okay? Yes. Who are the ones who actually place the bets. So Robinhood got some FINRA violation for failure to do best execution. A year later, same thing again by uh, the SEC. Like they settled for like $64 million. They got a lawsuit about it. Then they also have gotten something like last May or uh, last April when there was market volatility. They got hit with a class action lawsuit because they're, they're, uh, they went down for 12 hours or something like that, right at the peak of the volatility. They're, hmm. They were overwhelmed uh, with trading activity, and their servers went down for like 12 hours. So sue them right that. when you most need them, yeah. yeah, right when they would actually be providing a service, uh, you, can't, you can't find anybody. The, mm -hmm. the, yeah. the line's disconnected, baby. Yeah. 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 So Call dropped. You, I've already talked to this customer <laughs> service representative. You send me to, to take me, send me to the manager right now. Do not. <laughs> Do not send me back to customer operations. <laughs> yeah, but the market is still open and uh, prices are fluctuating, and this is the time where you need to be able to react. Yes, and they did not. Yeah, it feels like a uh, a, a sin of omission, or some sort of a feels like a crime. Yeah, yeah. Well, not not only that, but like Robinhood has really taken the the hit in terms of just sort of like uh, public per, or PR the PR hit because David, you're mentioning like Citadel. And, you know, other uh, tools and firms that uh, do the actual investing. But if somebody says like, oh, these oh, UBS is evil. 
oh, this is oh, this giant Wall Street hedge fund is evil. You're like, yeah, they're, they're named after like a Greek god. Of course they're evil. Yeah. But Robin Hood's whole thing is they're like, no, we're not evil. That like they specifically marketed at being like, it's for everybody. We get to do this. So when somebody says, no, you guys are fucking evil. They're like, it hits them twice as hard. Yeah, because that was their that was their whole thing. <laughs> that was their whole thing in a way that Juno Evil was Google's whole thing. Yes, <laughs> I mean they, they. Yeah, absolutely. So they are really going to have a reputational change. I don't think that they're going to really. We'll, we'll talk about the, what the consequences are, but I want to finish the last thing that they got. Uh, the last lawsuit that they got against them was by William against was by William Galvin, uh, which was their. This was in December or something like that. And he sued them uh, under Massachusetts jurisdiction for violating yeah. its fiduciary duty, which is something we've talked about a lot, which basically he said the gamification of Robin Hood is effectively investment advice. And yes, the investment advice that you're providing is not fiduciary standard advice. And so, the, yes, I mean, they're like absolutely gamifying it in the way that Uber gamifies being an independent contractor in the way that. Facebook gamifies um, talking to your high school friends. Uh, you know, Robinhood does that, but with your like extra money and does that with, as a brokerage firm, uh, which is uh, highly suspect. And all of that is the background on what Robinhood has been up to. Um, Robinhood was last week the most downloaded free app in the Apple Store. Which wow, is, really? Yeah. I didn't I didn't hear that statistic. I yeah. I mean it makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah. it, it well, is all press is good press. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll see. Maybe. I, mean, I think you're probably right, Gabe, because yeah. I mean, unless Robinhood is enjoined from brokerage like like they lose their brokerage license or unless they're like forbidden from doing certain activity for a certain period of time, they're going to just make a fuck ton of money off this because this is um not to use the in the parlance of our times, this is very disruptive, and this is also very democratizing, and they're going to make a lot of money off of this. And, and people any fine love, that they get yeah. will be made up for instantly. They can be fined uh, billions of dollars, and they'll they'll get it in capital calls from their hedge fund people. They'll make up for it. Any sort of litigation costs, they'll be able to pay for it. Um, yeah, you're, I think you're ultimately right, Gabe. You know, we we love the idea of disruption. We also love the idea of uh, things being free, like a free app. Like mm -hmm. I uh, personally, I think. Be skeptical of anything that's free, you know. Yeah. And it is I mean, a cliche at this point, right? That we you're you're the product if you're if you're using the the app that's free. Yeah, if you're not yeah, paying you know? for it, you are the product, right? So, so yeah, yeah. So what happens as we all remember the you know the stonks were were rocket shipping, and last week and Robin Hood was concerned. Well, they're, they're clearinghouse. Okay, so trades are executed in a two-day increment. Someone files the order at a certain price. I want to buy at this price or sell at this price. But it takes two days to actually execute it, um, even absent Robinhood's intermediaries, right? There's still some a lag, okay? In which case, you need to have capital reserves. You need to have money in order to make up for that difference uh, because there's a risk. Right there. In that little middle period, there's a risk that someone's going to uh, back out, that some, there's going to be a huge fluctuation uh, in those two days. Something's going to tank. 
something's going to get fucked over. So brokerage houses need to have clearing houses. And the clearing house is basically an insurance policy. But it's all it's like an insurance policy against that two-day risk. And uh if that makes sense. And they just it's just a big pool of money to be a little intermediary to offset that little risk. And yeah, like a you slush say, fund. Would, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, Trust would you fund. say would you, yeah, would you say clearing house, David? I literally just think money house. Like you could, it's like it's just a house full of money. Yes, like just in just in just in case. Yes, it's a, it's a trust fund. It's a rainy day fund. It's a little like insurance policy that you have uh, in the event that some shit goes crazy. Uh, so one of Robinhood's biggest executors of its trades is Citadel Securities. Okay, Citadel Securities is owned by the same parent company, Citadel, that owns Citadel LLC, which is the hedge fund that was shorting GameStop. Well, yes. it, it bought the company that was it effectively was Yeah, it was it was like it, this weird tree where it goes bam bam bam, there's the relation. Yes. You know, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, and uh Citadel bought Melvin Capital's position basically last Monday, and Citadel became the biggest short uh, or one of the biggest shorts on GameStop, but it also is owned by Citadel, which owns Citadel Securities, which is the biggest clearinghouse uh, for, well, no, it, it's the executor of trades. It's separate from the clearinghouses. We want to make sure that, that there's a distinction there. Um, it's the one that's executing the trades. But anyways, so Robinhood gets a call from its clearinghouse, not from Citadel Securities. They get a call from the clearinghouse, allegedly. This is reported in the Wall Street Journal that says you need to do something about GameStop because we're worried about our risk. We don't, our, our insurance pool money, our little trust fund or whatever is drying up. The clearinghouse needs capital in order to offset this risk of the rocket ships, GameStop stonks going up. And they, uh, so what Robinhood did was it cut off the ability for anyone to be able to buy further GameStop uh, or AMC yeah. or BlackBerry or Nokia uh, stocks, but they could short and they could sell. Not mm -hmm. they could short, they could sell, um, which is a really weird thing to do. Huh. It sounds like um, it goes against the free market. Like, where's hmm. there's no invisible hand anymore. Yeah. Now there's a, there's a very, very visible hand. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> it's a direct market intervention. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, and they have all sorts of justifications for it. They, their clearinghouse said, hey, we needed the money. And so they followed, they were just following orders. But most of the time, when there's a halt on trading, that is either done by the Securities and Exchange Commission because there's some sort of, uh, they're seeing fraud. Or they're seeing something like that, some sort of manipulation or some sort of like bad illegality, right? Or the stock exchanges, which are regulated by the SEC. So those are the ones who usually do it. You usually don't have the brokerage firm um, manipulate the market like that, saying we're only going to allow buys but not sells. Very strange yeah. activity for a brokerage firm, a private entity. It doesn't even have an, it's not even public, publicly traded a private firm to do that. And the fact that they have this, it, this perception of conflict of interest, um, you know, all parties have denied that Citadel had any involvement 
in the decision to stop trading of buying of buys on Thursday for the record. Um, but the fact that that perception is there looks nasty. It looks yeah. very, very nasty. They don't nasty. allow, they don't allow. Like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Like we can't prove that, uh, that George Bush, uh, was part of the JFK assassination. But yes. the fact that he called, uh, he called right afterwards because uh, he was in Texas and was like, "Oh, that wasn't. I wasn't involved. Just checking in, guys." By the way, <laughs> I am. I, I was. No, 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 no. I was in Dallas. But shut up, shut up. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's it's a it's a real bad look. And now this is where we are right now because you know as we're recording this it is the weekend we are in a we are on a timeout right now right and uh, because they don't fuck around on the weekends and it really is a question of like how big is this slap on the wrist going to be if there is going to be one like so what's what's going to happen so on friday the sec put out a statement saying we're we're watching over this whole thing we're we're paying attention uh we don't know what the fuck's going on, but they put out a couple ominous sentences for all of the parties involved. Um, the commission will closely review actions taken by regulated entities, Robin Hood, uh, mm-hmm. in parentheses, uh, and they don't say it, but they mean it, that may disadvantage investors or otherwise unduly inhibit their ability to trade certain securities. Okay? Um, mm-hmm. So that is clearly targeting people like Robin Hood because... Everyone else, what they did to deal with this cons- with this uh, potential for running out of capital because there was too much money going into GameStop, what they did, this is what Schwab did, this is, I think, what J.P. Morgan did, this is what Weeble did, uh, and a few others. Um, or no, maybe not Weeble. Weeble did something different. But, like, what they, they just said, um, we are going to stop putting our own money into this. So it was called a margin call, which is where... Uh, the brokerage, le- the broker lends money to the investor in order to, uh, and they take a cut of what, however the investment does on top of the commission fee if they if they charge commission fees. So a margin mm-hmm. call is like, okay, well I want to put thirty thousand uh, dollar, I want to I want I want thirty thousand stocks in GameStop, um, but I I can only afford fifteen. The broker says, okay, we'll do a margin call. I, I'll uh, I'll me- I'll take the other fifteen for you. Uh, they, the brokerage houses, everyone else just said, we're not going to do margins on these stocks because we can't afford it. GameStop did something very, very different. And that's why I think that GameStop is going to get the most regulatory scrutiny and because of the perceived conflict of interest. Second thing, um, the SEC is looking to protect retail investors when the facts demonstrate abusive or manipulative trading act- activity that is prohibited by federal securities laws. Okay. What, what does that mean? I don't know. Yeah. It, yeah. Okay, we're that, watching that, that. That that just that just means like, I mean, it's 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 bullshitty sounding because it goes against it, like all the rules to begin with. But you're just like, what are you talking about? Ma- manipulative stuff. It's like the whole the whole thing. It's a it's gambling. It's all manipulative. Right. <laughs> so it's like oh, yeah. it just means they're gonna punish retail people. You know. Yeah, right. That's that 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 one is targeted towards retail people, and they're looking out for it. I personally don't think that anyone in, on on the retail side, any of the Wall Street bets people, are going to see any secure like SEC actions. In part because I don't think they did anything wrong so far that's been proven, but also it would be such a bad image, such a bad look. 
you know? Oh, dude, if they do that, won't they just, they'll just, like, sue them afterwards, right? Especially if it's, like, those big those big dogs, like that guy from Massachusetts and stuff. Because it's, like, if they try to be, like, yeah, we're, you know, you get a fine for, like, whatever, $5 million or whatever, they're just going to be, like, oh, I'm going to fucking sue your ass because I'm not one of the plebs who's buying these things. I'm an actual, like, white-collar person, you know? Yeah. Well, they'll challenge it. They would challenge yeah. it. I don't think you want to. It's it's a bad look to go after the retail guys because uh, the whole point of the the lie is, or rather, the system keeps working because we tell people that you too can make it. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you, yeah, like if uh, we realize that there's no point in joining the the market because we're gonna we're never gonna win, then what's the point? Right. Yeah, that right. that's where that's where the the rigmarole goofy rule people like Elizabeth Warren really show their asses because their whole thing is we need to rein in we need to rein in Wall Street. But when they say we need to rein in Wall Street, that that means they're adding they're applying the same amount of pressure the goofy goons who are uh, uh, you know investing in Nokia stock you know and they're and and they're and that pressure also applies to them. When culturally and socially speaking, people are like, no, those people didn't do anything wrong. But then again, like those Elizabeth Warren types are like, no, but those are the rules. If you participated in it, it's like, no, no, <laughs> like like Elon Musk, uh, uh, Jeff Bezos. Those are the people that you always talked about reigning in. And when you like retroactively apply these rules to people who are just kind of messing around. It is a really bad look. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the SEC is has kind of a, a sometimes conflicting mission. They have there are two, it's really two things. One is to pr uh, protect retail investors, and the other one is to ensure capital formation, which is to uh, theoretically like have efficient, you know, capital markets and to make sure that companies are being formed with good investments and ensure that the big boys are doing their job right too, uh, and. <laughs> In this case, there's an argument to be made that it's kind of, this is like, almost like the retail investors are forming capital, and it is unclear whether they need protection right now. Who might need protection right now are the hedge funds. And everyone's like, if you are going to crack down on retail investors to protect hedge funds, that is going to be such a bad look. I just don't. Yeah. <laughs> just there's no there's no regulator who is going to want to do that, especially one that is ostensibly, you know, progressive and run by a Democratic SEC. You know, Gary Gensler is actually a pretty progressive uh, securities regulator, uh, and I would be surprised if they did some action, you know, against like, you know, dipshit thong, stonk sixty nine. On Reddit. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just don't, I, I would be very surprised if they actually went after these people. Um, even if they, yeah. even if there was some evidence of it, frankly. Well, yeah. And then it get really, it gets into this weird, like you kind of were saying, like, who are we protecting at this point? Right. Like, it seems like you're trying to protect like the most narrow, weird band of people where it's like, okay, well, you're not, it's like, now it seems like you're not protecting small dudes, you know, retail people. So that's fucked. And then you say you're going to persecute gigantic hedge funds that make billions and billions of dollars, but you don't do that. So right. that's fucked. Right. So it's like, 
So you're protecting like what? Like guys who live in like Weehawken, New Jersey, who make two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. <laughs> like what? Like who are you protect? It's like that's that. It's like why? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I think ultimately it's just showing that most SEC regulation and enforcement is a slap on the wrist, even if they're like, yeah, and. and yeah. How they respond to Robin Hood in particular, I think, is going to be really important. Um, and because Robin Hood will be able to make up for it. But Robin Hood has had so many uh, issues in the past year and a half. And yeah. they've had almost as bad of a year as Facebook, frankly, in terms of PR. And yet they also have made so much money and they haven't even gone public yet. Okay. If, if they don't impose a really serious fine for what they did on Thursday because I think that there is some real evidence that you cannot as a broker turn off the buy but not the sell you just like there's um there's something really manipulative about that and whatever your reason was from the, your clearinghouse whatever your alibi is there's something about that that is potentially uh, a, by a core violation, an abdication of what a broker's duty is to their alleged customer. Remember, anyone who uses Robinhood, not a customer, their customers are the hedge fund intermediaries, right? Who yeah. buy the data. That's why I say alleged customer. Um, yeah. That's why gonna, you should go through a pay app, not, a, not yeah. the free app, if you want the freedom to do, if you want to have full autonomy as a retail customer. There's going to be hearings for this. Watch a representative. Just mark my fucking words. Watch watch a representative from Robin Hood be in front of a Senate, you know, finance committee and be like, "We're a technology company." Yeah. They're going to pull, they're going to do some Uber shit right like real fast. Like, "No, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. We're not a car sharing company. We're a technology company." Okay. You know you know who the general counsel is for Robin Hood? Um Who? Dan Gallagher, a former Republican SEC commissioner. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Uh, yeah. Such a bad look. Uh, yeah. You know. I mean, he's going to make, I mean, their Robin Hood lawyers are going to be very, very busy for the next few days. I mean, there's also a legit, okay, so remember last year we talked about how uh, William Galvin did a, a lawsuit against Robin Hood for alleged violations of their fiduciary duty. Um, there's, uh, there could be an argument to be made, and this is like a this is getting a little out there, right? Esoteric. That if you forbid customers from buying, but allow them to sell, because you are have there is a perceived risk of further buying, okay? There's a question: Is that investment advice? And if it is, Ooh. that's another. Rule violation because it, 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 I, I don't know if it could ever be enforced against. Uh, but like, if you if I say to someone, "Look, I can't let you buy right now; it's too risky." Am I telling you like, they, okay? I mean, they can go. That's, I'm not precluding you from outright buying on any of the other brokerages. They can go to Schwab, they can go to Webull, they can go anywhere else and buy as much as they want. But I am specifically saying, don't buy, don't buy right now. Is kinda that sounds like advice? That could kinda kind of be yeah. That could kind yeah. of be perceived as investment advice. And especially if they say, I'll let you sell. Yeah, you can sell. That's fine. Um, mm -hmm. There's a creative regulator 
could see that and say, that's investment advice. And therefore, you have a duty that is higher than what you would have otherwise um, when you are providing investment advice. And that, that's a violation of the regulation best interest stuff. And that, that's, um, that, that, that's a little bit further out there. We don't know if anything like that's ever going to happen. But look, we really haven't addressed the real victim in all of this. And uh, that is GameStop's feelings. <laughs> you, know, you know what i mean uh yeah, you ever man. you hear those like mean-spirited stories of like frat dudes that invite um you know like someone who's not attractive to to a dance and uh and and the, the that unattractive person is like oh they love me people really like me like they get all dolled up and they go to the ball and then they realize oh no this was a huge practical joke <laughs> <laughs> oh no totally <laughs> Totally. Yeah. I mean, they're like, they're like Carrie right now with the pig's blood. Yeah. yeah. It's like, is the pig's blood going to be dropped on the GameStop, <laughs> on GameStop. CEO? <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, the SEC said that they were looking at GameStop as well. I mean, because if you are what's called an issuer, if you are one of these companies that's being invested in, uh, you need to be very careful right now because if you start buying or, um, I think selling. If you start selling some of this stock and start profiting off of this stuff, off of this insane activity, um, you could really get yourself in trouble for some fraud issues. Being some deep doo doo. Yeah, you could. Re- I mean, because because that just impl- that just like ties you into this thing. So, GameStop's got to be real, real careful about how they play this one. Um, it's kind of like you show up to the party and you're like. Um, What's her name in Mean Girls? You know, you show up and you're like the only one who's actually dressed up in a scary costume and everyone's trying to prank you (laughs) and all the other girls are dressed up like sluts and you just got to play it cool. Pretend like you knew what was going on. (laughs) Just play it cool. Don't don't overreact. Don't make too much of a comment about it. Just don't say too much. Don't sell your stocks. Don't try and profit off of this. Don't make any public comment. All of these companies have, from what I understand, have been silent. This past week, uh, you're just like that that lady who dressed up as the Babadook in that meme four years ago. Remember that? I I remember the Babadook. Yeah, there was a lady. She's like, my friends told me it was a Halloween party, and I thought it was a costume party, so I dressed up as the Babadook, but nobody else was wearing a costume. Yeah, and she's just <laughs> extreme, like very much dressed as the Babadook, face paint and everything. <laughs> every, and every a, she's standing in the corner like. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah absolutely um so anyways uh wild shit man um i don't know i i want to say one more thing about whether we think that this is like a social movement or not like this feels to me i want to just say one weird thing about it one another weird theory about it which is Ooh, like how weird david's been weird today <laughs> the <laughs> so if robin hood users are not customers what are they right like Mm -hmm. what what really you are the product right um and does that mean that you are producing the value for this business model right like are you if if this is a uh company that is gold mining for gold are robin hood users the buyers of the gold are they the miners of the gold or are they the gold itself? Does that make sense? 
Kind of. Yeah, but yeah. like uh, everything's fluid. So can't you be all those things? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, the real thing, I, I, I get what you're saying, David. And again, I really think that a lot of this is going to come out um, whether or not how public it is, you know, or how um, overt it is, is this is, you know, this may come out in some sort of congressional hearing, you know, yeah. it's like it, it just really depends on who asks the question. You know, if you get a Katie Porter type asking the question, she's just going to be like, who are your customers products or not? Yes or no. Like then that yeah. would be it should be very forceful about it. But then you'll if you know, if you get a if you get a Chuck Grassley type he's gonna be like he's gonna be like now tell me uh do you work with or without the sheriff of nottingham i'll take my <laughs> i'll take i'll take my question off the air off it, the air you his, know? <laughs> his tweets recently have been actually like very sad it feels like elder abuse um but <laughs> it, like i yeah exactly i mean it, it's a, just a weird idea of like if this is a social movement sort of activity what are they most analogous to is this like the gold miners going on strike is this like the gold saying we're gonna mine ourselves and make our own necklaces wealth <laughs> yeah like like who like what is this structurally most similar to because it's not and it's not really like a boycott either like it's just i'm, I'm trying to like play i've been trying to place it onto what it most likely could be. And I think one place where it could be is users of Robinhood are like independent contractors. They don't work for Robinhood, okay? But they are providing the value. They are the core value-producing aspects of its business model. Of Basically, they, make these, they execute these trades and effectively, their payments, in quotes, is their ability to operate on the platform and whatever returns they get from their investments. So maybe it's just like, I, 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 I think I know what you're saying. You're just reaching. It seems like you're kind of reaching for a metaphor to like what this is like. And yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's kind of like the good version of like a small business person, because like, you know, I certainly have grown to despise them. When it comes to interacting with them, they seem like they're just sort of like small players in an otherwise evil game. But if you are, per, per, you know, participating in the system and you stop for a second and you are like a small business and you're like, wait, this is fucked up. I'm not going to try to exploit my workers. I'm not going to try to do this. I'm just going to say I'm going to say fuck you and I'm going to just, you know, sell my wares and do that. And like Robinhood is like the the credit card payment operator, mm. you know, where they're where they're just sort of like, but you want to take credit cards, right? And you're just like, no, fuck you, I'll just take cash only. You're out of this, you know. Like mm. I'm screwing, I'm screwing you over. That that kind of seems like it's sort of half that, you know. Yeah, it's because like a again, revolt it, of the petty bouge. A little bit like the petty petty bouge, not <laughs> not teeny bouge, the teeny bouge. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I see that. I mean, these people are owners of capital, literally not yeah. not workers by any stretch of the imagination and it doesn't take it doesn't cost labor to make an investment right that's yeah um they're not they're disgruntled they're definitely disgruntled gabe do you have one i don't know it's kind of hard to 
it, 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 there's so many weird metaphors that it could, could potentially be I mean, like, I just yeah. thought, I thought this was kind of like an Arab Spring type thing in the way sure. that the Arab Spring was a lie. <laughs> that it seemed, <laughs> you know, oh, well, that, you know, the tech utopians were like, yes, look at the democratization of information and uh, look at look at this revolt. And, mm -hmm. and uh, as somehow Twitter was the thing that led to um, people being liberated uh, to to overthrow tyranny, but the tyranny came back twice as hard in almost every instance. And right now, we're just seeing that uh, the the free flow of information among really uh, the petty bourgeois capital owners uh, has allowed for them to, um, in concert with one another, you know, uh, invest. But they're still, it's not going to turn out well. We've just added one new facet to how. Yeah. Um, how finance can operate, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, it, it's like, it's not like you got the subway owner, the subway sandwich shop owner guys revolting. It's like you got like the assistant manager revolting, <laughs> you know, it's close. It's know? still, in, it's still just the market. It, it's still the market. And uh, at the end of the day, um, you know, wouldn't it be great if we weren't so overly financialized? If there was, if, um, if capital was tied to like meaningfully making the world better yeah for more people absolutely it yeah, this feels I, like yeah. further cannibalization of of uh and speculation rather than meaningfully using capital productively yeah yeah use uh use those big brains of yours to make a bridge <laughs> use them use use to make a nice uh, a nice like perfectly spherical a gear how about that you know make yeah. a nice train make a nice train there, you go. You? Yeah, there you go train. <laughs> yeah 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 i think that the arab spring analogies are pretty interesting because of the tech optimism that's involved in this and ultimately how this could really have a huge backlash like we are in What's fun about recording this now is that we have no idea what's going to happen on Monday, um, and uh, it could totally bust uh, by by the time this episode comes out. And in which case, I think we should add on a little addendum if that's okay. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, but the right now we're kind of in this a little bit of an optimistic place for the Wall Street bets people, for those people who have put their money on this on this short squeeze, on this meme-stalking phenomenon, um, there's a little bit of optimism. And how the powerful actors respond in the next few days and weeks and months will be crucial for how this activity, for how this new way of conducting yourself in capitalism operates in the, in the future. Are the hedge funds going to find a way to completely nip this in the butt or the nip this in the butt are the regulators going to crack down on it and show themselves to be spineless hypocrites or uh they're gonna allow it to happen and this capital this hedge fund is gonna totally go bankrupt and meme stalking is gonna become the new cancel culture or whatever oh my god i can't believe i just said that but like <laughs> you know but you know i mean like like what is going to yeah i mean how things move um in the same way that the few months and years after Tahrir Square in Egypt were so pivotal in how they got to an even more repressive military dictatorship 
in Egypt a year and a half later. Um, it's, yeah. it's a lot of moving parts right now, and a lot could change depending on how powerful people respond. Yeah, well, you know, if you want to be Arab Spring about it, you know, yes, there was an Egypt, there was a Morocco, there was a Libya, there was an Algeria, but there was also a Tunisia. Yes, there was. And uh, there was a Tunisia. And Tunisia, if I'm not mistaken, David, aren't they doing okay? They're doing they're, okay. They're, they're, they're doing all right. So let's, you know, hopefully, you know, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's balance that out with the uh, open air slave markets in Libya. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Now, Libya, not doing too hot. <laughs> Libya. Morocco, uh, <laughs> Libya, yeah. Libya, 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 mm, Libya, mm. Um, Libya. Who was that politician who just didn't know what Libya was? Um, mm, I don't remember. Well, yeah. there was there was your boy, the libertarian, that didn't know uh, where Aleppo was. But oh, to be yeah. honest, I didn't know at the time either. So it wasn't a big gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Hey, oh, man. My boy, Gary. Hey, man, um, I'm always just fascinated whenever I look at a, a map of the world in like 1953 and I'm like, Western Sahara, where's that? Yeah. Still exists? Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> could. Not, according, to, could. according to Morocco and Israel, it doesn't exist, but according to everyone else, it exists. Uh, that's yeah, another episode. Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think we I think we covered this about as uh, extensively as we can, but you know, if if we have an addendum, I'll add it in at yeah. the end in a couple of days. Yeah, so. yeah, we'll yeah. Uh, we'll figure that out. Okay, well, this has been fun. This is the episode uh, that we have been building up for, guys. Ugh. This podcast uh. was built for this moment. Ponzi All scream, right. everyone. Like, listen, <laughs> it, and subscribe. Ponzi scream. All right. Yeah. Here yeah, we are. It, yeah. Yes. It Van- feels good. It feels good that uh, f- big finance is finally in the headlines and all of these things that we've been yammering into the void about for the last year are coming to fruition. Yes. Ponzi scream. Ooh, reap, <laughs> reap the grapes. Ooh, yes. yes. Juicy. All right. <laughs> righty. Here is Danny again in the editing bay. Uh, it is currently... 3-23, February 3rd. Uh, this is a couple days after the original episode, and uh, as far as a postscript goes on what has happened to GameStop uh, in the interim, it looks like the stock has since gone down about 75%, but it is nowhere near where it was a month ago. So it still is quite high Overall, I believe there has also been some legal uh, battles that are now being waged against Robin Hood for, uh, you know, selling their investors stocks without their permission or some version of that. Um, but, yeah, uh, hasn't been as big of a precipitous drop or rally for that matter since Sunday. And uh, you guys should just, you know keep an eye on what's happening uh in the damn market because uh it should still be interesting Uh, (laughs) (laughs) bye-bye all right bye bye